Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dreams Unlimited Travel Podcast. My name is John Magi, and I'll be your host. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about some travel tips for older travelers or for folks as you age. I'm joined at the table by our panel of experts, Client Services Manager for Dreams Unlimited Travel, Kevin Close. Hello, everyone. Agent Consultant for Dreams Unlimited Travel, Tracy Heinrichs. Hi, everyone. And back in our production facility, we have our producer, Craig Williams. Hello. Again, thank you guys for being here. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. This topic came actually as a request. We Someone wrote to us and said it would be great if you did an episode about what it's like to travel with older people or what challenges do people face as they age and they get older and they travel. Wouldn't this have been a better show for Teresa than me? <laughs> do you think? <laughs> Oh, Teresa is poking holes in that voodoo doll. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, really. She's got me. And I want to say, you know, I don't consider anybody here old. Absolutely not. Um, I don't think we're afraid to tell our ages. I am 53. I think. I'm a cougar. Um, <laughs> I am 53 years old. I am 59. Tracy? I am. We were doing the math. I'm going to be 46 this year. Okay. 46. Craig? I'm the ripe old age of 31. 31. So again, I don't consider anybody here old, but I do know that as we travel, whether it's age-related or it's health-related, there are challenges that we face that change the way we travel. We also travel or have traveled with people who are older than us. Mm -hmm. And I want to also preface this by saying that I don't think there's any way we can say this is the age where things happen. Age is a state of mind. We have a very good friend who is older than us. Chronologically, she's older than exactly. us. Exactly. However, she runs us ragged. So, again, it's a state of mind. It's a state of physical well-being. It's something that, um, you know, we we recognize that everybody is different. Tracy's been traveling with her parents so that there are challenges there for traveling with your parents. Again, I don't consider your parents old. They are not old, and this is where it comes into a state of mind. <laughs> Right. My parents are not, um, they're, you know, mid-60s, um, so they're certainly not what I consider old. There's some challenges. And um, now I'm going to go back. My dad has passed, but when I travel with my father, even though uh, chronologically I don't consider him old, he was older than his years. My parents are the same. Yeah. So he would be someone who, you know, we would take precautions for because he felt like he couldn't do as much as other people. So again, it's a matter of what is that person's limitations. So I want to get that out there. We're not saying, okay, if you're X number of years old, this show applies. Right. Once you you turn this year, this is what you need to start doing. (laughs) But I also would say we just had a conversation earlier about Craig being 31 and me being 59. There are certain things I am. I travel differently at 59 than I did at 31. Mm -hmm. Um, we say this a lot in our own lives at 31 years old, I was going out at midnight. If you went out before midnight, you might as well, you were a loser, right? You know, just put the L on your forehead and go on out. However, I haven't been awake at midnight (laughs) in quite a while. We were doing a a Diz Unplugged and afterwards we're in the car and Kevin turned to me and said something. He goes, Craig goes to movies at 11.30 at night. Oh, you said sleep. that last week. You yeah. said you couldn't sleep, so you went out to an 11 o'clock movie. And I thought, what? You got in a car? And I, but it's, and, it, and it's... Honestly, most of the time I'm sitting there wishing, like, I wish movies were showing up to, like, about 1 a.m. Because usually that's when I, I'm finally done with work and I can go out. Unwind I don't want to make it sound like we're, you know, old fogies. 
we we're very lucky in that we're healthy and we get to go out and we get to travel. But it's different. It just it's I, it I think it's more an interest level difference. Right. So I have some some general topics we'll go through. These are not in any particular order. I think that because most of the people who listen to us go to Disney and they are Disney fans and they go to Disney parks. We should look at some of the things that would affect folks traveling to Disney. Uh, one of which is uh, temperature. You know, obviously, Florida's hot. gets hot in the summer, hot and humid. Um, I think that when you're younger, uh, you can let that roll off your back better. You have better ways of dealing with it. I think if you travel with someone who's older, you have to be more aware of the temperature and of their temperature level. And you have to make sure that they're not getting overheated. And dehydrated. Right. Okay. <laughs> we agree. <laughs> I agree with that for everyone because well, I, should, I do. But I, yeah. again, I you know like traveling with Kevin's nephew, you know he'll run around the parks and what did you? Did hey, you his clothes could be on fire and he'd still right. keep going. But we say to him, "Did you make sure you got a drink of water?" Yeah, I probably around one o'clock I had a soda right. with my lunch, and you think, "Oh my god, I would have you know been drowning yeah. by that time." But you're going to be a certain age or have a certain right. medical conditions where. Being hydrated is going to be way My more important part. than... And I think if yeah. you're older, you it sneaks up on you. It does. It's something that you may not recognize, but it will hit you harder later. And I think it's also hard to ex- accept that you have to classify yourself as older. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I don't... In mentally, I don't feel a lot different than I did when I was 31. Physically, I'm a lot different. Yeah. And when you start to do the math, you think, oh, when I, back when I was in high school, and then you... Oh, wow. (laughs) Exactly. My biggest problem is that there are things now that are nostalgic. Right. (laughs) I'm like, what is that nostalgic for? I remember my niece once was telling, she had seen us, we were out somewhere, we saw really those longer skateboards. She's like, oh my God, that's from way back in the 19s. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought, oh, wow. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Two things to add on with uh, being aware of the heat, I would say for uh, older crowds, something that Anyone could use, but definitely older crowds. Hats all the time mm-hmm. uh, when possible. Shade. I, to be professional over the weekend during, uh, to date this just a little bit, doing Toy Story Land coverage, I don't like to wear a hat at press events because it's not as, as formal. And I literally just looked like a lobster the entire time because I was all burnt up. And just wearing a hat Craig, everybody makes so in much of a difference. Hat on. Everybody who was, <laughs> I swear, that's the way it was. Uh, but I think you know that you're going to be out yeah. in the sun and be baking. You have no choice. I have weird standards. And also, uh, <laughs> it, the, Kathy's been a big proponent of these for years. Uh, but get a cooling towel. Always have one of those handy that you can dump a cup of ice water on it at the last second, and it's ready to go immediately, and it can it can cool you down so so quickly. Sunblock, you know, probably anything we would recognize we would uh, recommend in general. I think is more important for folks as I'm going to give age. a tip that I've used for years to people. Okay, if you find yourself with a mild sunburn, you know how it's hard to sleep when you get a sunburn. The sheets are like rubbing your skin off. Something that I, someone told me to use, and I'm shocked. Gold Bond medicated powder. Not the extra strength one, which will remove the top layer of skin, but just the yellow bottle. And you pat it on with something soft. Don't put it on your face because you don't want to inhale it. Mm-hmm. But it has that little bit of an analgesic in it. And it cools a sunburn down. And it makes sleeping a little less easier friction. because there's less friction. Mm-hmm. It is a huge, huge help. And if it is hot, you can have, like right now when we're here, it's hot. So I'm trying to avoid... 
um, being brutal. in the parks in the middle of the afternoon. So, you know, try to take advantage of extra magic hours in the morning, you know, maybe ha- plan your days around being out for the morning, back out in the late afternoon, evening kind of thing. Um, you know, maybe that... I just want to say that the mornings can all the mornings and the evening can be be very very hot. It's just that the sun's not at its highest point. It's not as direct. Yeah. Something else I want to suggest to folks visiting theme parks, whether if you're older or with someone who's older, try to use a scooter. I realize there's a stigma involved in you know, am I. Am I taking a scooter away from somebody who really needs it or a wheelchair? And there are hateful people who will criticize you. Right. For using it maybe if you don't have an ability that makes you not be It's able not to walk. visible. But there's so much more walking. There's so much more stress on the body when you visit a theme park than if you're just in your regular life. That is something I would talk to. I, with my father, I insisted that he have a wheelchair. And one of the things that was the problem was that he was guilty. I don't want you pushing me around. I don't want to have to have you be a burden on you. I have to tell the story. You can tell the story. We were we went to um, Epcot one day with John, his dad, and his brother and his family. And John's brother decided he was going to be the hero, and he was going to push John's dad around in the wheelchair all day. Well, we got to that place between um, Fran or England and France, where there's that slight hill, and you go over that bridge, and he was sweating. And he turns to John, and he turned to me, actually, and he said to me, you push your mom in a wheelchair all the time. I don't know how you do this. It's really, really, really difficult. And John leaned over, and he had been pushing Al, John stayed around in the wheelchair all day with the locks on, the brakes, the brakes on. My father didn't know you were supposed to take the locks off the wheelchair. He was stripping the rubber it was off like, the wheelchair. It was like streams of rubber were coming After off. we released the brakes, he kept saying, well, this is so much so easier. Much easier. <laughs> and we had been doing this for a couple. We had come from the front of the park. He was pushing around all the hot, sweaty. Always take the brakes off when you're trying to move the wheelchair. But there's try, a tip. Try to get the folks to do it. It's, you know, I know there's a stigma involved in it, and they don't want to feel like they're depending on somebody. I think it's something that's important. If they've never done it before and they don't drive a car, maybe have them practice at Walmart first. Or get a wheelchair. Or get a wheelchair. Get a wheelchair. Yeah. And here's the deal. Having a wheelchair with you is always just an insurance policy. You're not relegated to the wheelchair. It's not like you sign a waiver that you're going to stay in it. You can get up and walk. It's nice having the opportunity to use it when you need it. There's also the idea that you can push, they can push the wheelchair just for a little more stability and mm-hmm. a little bit more. As a walker, kind of as a thing. walker, yeah, for sure. Um, what else do we want to tell folks as they age when it, talk, when it comes to travel? Learn to take it easy, learn to enjoy. We talked about one of our favorite things to do is sit on a bench and just watch Disney World go by. And I think, you know, try and learn how to do that. Because I also think as you get older, the urge to run from thrill ride to thrill ride is less. I'm guessing that you're the same way. Oh, absolutely. I know we are. Doesn't mean we don't ride. It just means it, you know, I don't have to be from here to there. The journey can be just as much fun. Right. I would say as well, think about what you want to do as opposed to what you may hear or read that you should do. So just because everybody says, when you go to Animal Kingdom, you should ride Expedition Everest. If you're not going to like Expedition Everest, don't ride it. And don't wait in line. Right. Like, so think about really, truly what you want. Like if, for example, if it is Disney, what do you want out of your Disney vacation? For me, coming here, I can sometimes be here an entire week and barely get on an attraction. I did not have any less of a great time than the family who loves attractions. Mm -hmm. 
is what's important for me. So think about that. And I think for most people, it changes as you get older. So you may or may not want to do attractions anymore. It doesn't mean there's nothing here for you. I would also say that if you want to stay with your family, you don't want to send your family into an attraction, Expedition Everest. You go through the line with Expedition Mm -hmm. Everest. There's a great deal to see and read and look at. There's always what I refer to as the chicken exit. Right. They can get on the ride. I've been through many a queue with John's nephews Mm -hmm. who are married and stuff now. Right, exactly. But... um, there's, there's, you can do things. You can still enjoy your family. You can still enjoy time together, but you can opt out if you want. Well, going off on that too, do your research and find out what you want to do right. in advance. And maybe, maybe that trip to Walt Disney World that you weren't going to plan for a couple more years. And if you start having that self-realization, like you can go try to do it sooner. And I don't want to say that in like a mean way, but uh, it's one of the things that that has occurred in my life now after going to Italy. And I know people always get on me now because I reference back to it. But when you're traveling for 16 days, a lot of crap happens that you can constantly refer back to it. Uh, but one of the, the things that I figured out was like watching, especially in a lot of areas because it is Europe, uh, places with mobility issues and thinking to myself, like, I don't know at at this current point in my life. I don't know if I would have been happy knowing that if I would have put this trip off for another 40 years that I wouldn't have been able to go and do that. And so now that has me thinking when I'm trying to like look at what I could do in the future for travel, knowing like, okay, well, I need to do this now and this then and maybe I can hold off on this for a little while longer because of that. The same thing goes with a Disney trip. Uh, If if you you know, don't put off anything for too long and say, you know what, it'll, it, it with the mindset of it'll still be around or I'll still be able to do it. Uh, you know, with aging, when my dad got into uh, an accident a couple of years ago and it, it suffered lots of medical problems from that, that completely halted the way he's allowed to experience attractions now. And so it's, I don't want to be morbid and say, always think about, yeah, might not be around, but it's, it's also something that you do have to consider. We have a Kevin and I have a philosophy. We're doing what we can now because we don't know what the future is going to bring. Yeah. And someday we don't know what our mobility issues will I'm be. I'm going to have memories. Yep. Right. That's so the we talked now. in an earlier show about the desire to rent a motorhome and travel up the west mm-hmm. coast of Canada. Mm-hmm. And I think to myself, at Craig's age, that would not have appealed to me at right. all. Absolutely. So think about where you are and what you want to do. Um, the other thing that I think could change as you get older, as your interests change, where you stay may be a different level of importance. Excellent point. What resort you're at, um, what area of the parks you're staying, or I'm sorry, like Disney itself, what area you're staying in. Um, so there's lots of things that can affect that. And so maybe now you're not running all over the parks and doing that. But now you're putting more money into the resort you're staying mm-hmm. because you're going to spend more time there. Or you want the convenience. Plus a cruise ship, too. Right. You exactly. Know, where are you willing to stay? <clears throat> right. Excuse me. I apologize for that. Where are you willing to stay now that you're younger and you can run all over the ship as yep. opposed to perhaps, you know, you want to be convenient to restaurants. We've to also places. reached a point in our life where comfort is very important to exactly. us. And usability. Right. Comfort and usability are what we book our travel on, we would probably be able to travel a whole lot more if the two of us were willing, you know, 
to get twin beds in an inside room. Yeah. We're not. Exactly. And there was a time where I was. Right. And I'm not anymore. So you just kind of gauge where you are at the time. And I'm working with a great gentleman right now um, planning their Disney World vacation for 2019. His concern now, uh, his biggest concern is proximity of my room to what I need to do. Because we know at Disney that can be a big deal. He said, I've stayed at other places and I end up with this room and I'm so far away. And that was one of the main reasons he came to me. That So I know that's very important to him. So my suggestions about resorts, that's always in my mind. Mm-hmm. So I start with that because I know it's most important. So I bring him some options as far as pricing and packages. We can work on budget and see where we're at. But if that's most important, me finding him the cheapest rate possible, not that's good. not going to do right. him any good. Right. So that's part of, you know, if you are working with an agent, discuss what's important. You discuss your challenges. We know, you know, his wife needs an ADA accessible room. So that's part of of the beginning process. That's also another point I was going to bring up too is if you have someone you're traveling with who uh, might be older, consider the accommodations themselves because you might say to yourself, well, what's the big deal if I get into and out of a shower with a tub where someone who's older can't lift their leg over a tub? That can be a really big deal. That's especially true if you're traveling to Europe. In almost everywhere in Europe, the plumbing is under the tub. Mm -hmm. So the tub is a hurdle. Yeah, the tub is not only high tub, it's also raised. So the same would be true if you're short, because I had a lot of trouble with the tubs in Europe. (laughs) We do a whole other show on if you're short and traveling. Short traveling, yeah. I I think you also have to decide, I don't know how to put this, how you're going to vacation. Right. There are people, and I'm going to talk about you, Craig, who are up at the crack of dawn. You talked about in being in Alaska, and you you went up to the top deck and you stayed up there the whole day. I would say that you're probably the type who gets up in the morning and goes to the park all day. We don't vacation like that anymore, regardless of our destination. Right. So our hotel room is an extension of our home Mm -hmm. that we're not just using it as a crash pad. I also think it's okay to have that mindset that you don't have to do everything or the person you're traveling with who is older doesn't have to do everything. Right. Come on, grandma and grandpa, let's go. Let's, let's do it. Let's and do I think it. that's a big don't benefit to being on property is that grandma and grandpa can go back to the room yeah. and they don't feel like they're holding the whole family back. When I first started coming with my parents, um, I brought my parents for their first trip to Disney. It wasn't the way around, other way around. So when I was bringing them, at first we were staying off site. And it was convenient as far as lodging Um, and having a villa and stuff like that. But there was challenges because they didn't want to stay the same like the time we did. We all arrived together. You all had to leave together. So by the end of the... Somebody's grumpy. Somebody's upset because... Or they've got to stay beyond their boiling point. So once we started staying on site, it changed our lives. Mm -hmm. They could just go... I mean, they could read a bus. They could at least figure out how to get back to the resort. So that was important. The other thing I wanted to add was... We also find that we're more willing to pay for certain conveniences than maybe we would have paid. Like, I would say 10 years ago, maybe even a little bit less, the idea of paying for a fireworks dessert party, there is no way I can eat $60 worth of desserts, and in the hour they're giving me, that's a waste of money. I can stand anywhere and see fireworks. I can see fireworks are in the sky. But now it's become a But now, and going with my parents, um, earlier this year we brought my parents, so I know how my dad is. I know standing in crowds elbow to elbow waiting for this show to start. Eventually, there's going to be somebody who comes and puts their kid on their shoulder in front of him, and he's going to get upset. and he's, It's going to become a thing. I know 
know that going in. So I reserved us a dessert party to, to watch the fireworks. And you get a so good spot. We had we were in an area where we didn't have a seat for the show, but we got to sit and relax for the show to start when it was time. They brought us out to a reserve section mm-hmm. where we were still standing to watch, but we weren't elbow to elbow. We didn't have to fight for that space. We didn't have to stand there an hour early. Right. Something so, I hear all the time and I relate to very well is I have knee problems. Mm-hmm. And I find that walking is far less painful than yes, standing. I agree with that. Standing mm-hmm. still, mm-hmm. and it's like it becomes a toothache. So it's just, it's something to consider. Yeah. It's also, you know, as people age, I find that they decide, like I said this earlier, you kind of have to admit to yourself what your limitations are. And I find that sometimes people are reticent to admit that they've reached or even influence your family's enjoyment. Right. You don't want to be a bother. You don't want to be that person who's, you know, but it's your family. You need to be honest yeah, with but, them. Yeah, so but that could be sometimes the yeah. worst crowd. <laughs> but it's, that could be worse. But Craig's point, yeah. Craig's point is do it. Just right. say it. If you're not yeah. comfortable, if you don't want to do it, yeah. you have to speak Because I up. think it makes it better for everybody, everybody in the end. Exactly. So what, on whatever, whatever end of that equation you are, whether you're the older person or you know the younger person you know, together, yeah. have the conversation before you leave. You know, I had to do this with my parents. I plan things that I know that they will enjoy and do for a certain day. But I know by day three, I've lost my dad. Like, I know he's not, he doesn't have that (laughs) commitment. So what we did for the last trip was we planned that there was only every second day he was going to come with us. Hmm. And that worked beautifully. But we know that going in. Right. So kind of have that discussion going in. How much do you want to do? Or, you know, this is what we're doing. If you don't want to do that. This is what you could do. Like, this is where wanna, you could wait. I also want to suggest to don't shut down. Right. A lot of people shut down. I don't want to do it, but I'm just going to go and I'm going to yeah. be miserable doing it. Don't, because then they're going to be miserable and yeah. it's not worth it. It's a ripple effect. Communication is everything. Yeah. Were you going to say something else? I thought you were probably. Right. Probably. <laughs> I want to go back. May a or minute. may not come back. <laughs> Get it. I'd like to go back and talk a little bit now <clears throat> about traveling to Europe. Craig touched on it a little bit. We touched on it about hotel rooms and stuff in Europe. Um, I understand every place you go is different and everything is different. Personally, I find that Europe in and of itself is a little bit more difficult to Mm -hmm. navigate, especially on your own, than the United States. And most probably, I assume, Canada Mm -hmm. and maybe Caribbean islands. Except for the areas of Canada where there's no plumbing or roads. Well, no one would go there. (laughs) So things like cobblestone streets can propose a hazard. Uh, Someone could trip. Um, more f- stairs than, say, ramps, accessible ramps. So even if you're not in a wheelchair or need that assistance, consider that, that there are steps involved. So I think if you're elderly or someone who's traveling, somebody who's older, I think a great way to, to see Europe is on a river cruise. Mm-hmm. I have to. I have a problem. I, I'm not going to give you all the medical background, but I find it very difficult to use a bathtub. As a matter of fact, we were on a Germany ABD, and I used a bathtub, and I slipped and fell backwards out of a bathtub and had a grapefruit-sized egg on my head for When you say use a bathtub, you mean get into a shower. Excuse me. As a shower. Get into a shower that makes it inside a tub that you have to step into. So when I travel, I have to have a room that has a shower stall. I don't need a handicapped accessible room, but a lot of times the only one that does have a shower stall is an HD or, uh, a handicapped accessible room. I find that it the bathtub situation where you shower using the bathtub is very difficult for me. Very difficult. 
we had we were in Germany and we had an accessible room. You had to take an elevator that barely fit two people. There were four stairs up to the floor where you were your room was, and there were three stairs into the room. Once you were in the room, there were a, there was a stair into a step up into the shower. So even their accessibility standards are much different. We have a very strict <clears throat> accessibility code here in the United States. Europe doesn't. And you're often talking about buildings that were built hmm. like thousands, you know, of, years thousands of years before. Right. You're you know, about visiting, you and know, so antiquity. right, and it's just that. you know, isn't it? The, I find I always find it the biggest irony almost of travel is that when you reach the point in your life where you're financially free to do a lot of traveling, a lot of the places you want to go are no longer accessible to you. But again, I think that's why river cruising is really a great option. Because not only is the cruise itself, I mean, every stateroom on a a Viking cruise is a shower. There's no tubs. There are accessible rooms because there's different levels of accessibility. But I'm saying even the ones that are not accessible are just walk-in showers. The boat itself is accessible. Um, getting on and off the boat is easy, but then you get into a motor coach mm-hmm. and you drive to the place where you're going to go see the stuff. You have the option of you know walking with the group or not. So this affords you the availability to see these places rather than ha- you know on your own. And I just need to step back and talk about river cruises. Scooters are not allowed on river cruises, at least on Viking. I haven't checked the rest of them. It's but pretty can- well the same across the board. It's just a logistics <coughs> issue with the size. The size of the ship. I mean, we're not talking about, you know, big mega ships here with large walkways. On a river cruise, there's 200 people and there's a couple, the the hallways are, I don't want to say narrow, but if there was a scooter, you and someone else would have trouble passing each other. Also, the age on a river cruise skews older, so there would be more scooters per capita, I guess, would be the thing. Wheelchairs, if you bring your own wheelchair, walkers are allowed, all of those things, but scooters are not. And they did offer uh, wheelchairs on the ship if you needed something uh, for a short excursion or something like that. So again, I think, you know, uh, you know, again, that's to Tracy's point. You know, you think to yourself, and Craig's point, I'm going to wait until mm-hmm. I'm retired. I'm going to wait until I'm 65, and this is when I'm going to do and do all my traveling. You don't know how, how things are going to be for you, and you might not be able to do those things. And I hope so. we don't scare people away from traveling to Europe. I think if you have questions, asking your travel agent for some advice am i going to be able to do this i have had to tell people that i don't think italy is the place for you if you have these limitations and i think your agent will be honest with you i agree um anything else we want to talk about uh traveling with folks who are older specific challenges that you've reached with uh family or friends i think the biggest if we can leave everybody with one tip is what Kevin said, communication. You know, discuss it beforehand. Don't just assume that you know what grandma or a mom or dad need. Um, And at the same time, I know with my parents, I'll say, you know, what do you, well, whatever you want. Yeah. And so that is not helpful. You know, and and don't say whatever you want. And then when I choose, then there's a problem. (laughs) I would like to say one other thing. If you are medication dependent or medical issue dependent that other people in your group know what those things are. Mm. Someone else in your group should know what medicines you take. Someone else should know what um, you're allergic to 
Because if in the case that something happens to you, someone else then has to take care of you. And here's something that we do that I don't know if a lot of people do this or not. Kevin carries our eye prescriptions with him. Okay. In case we lose our glasses. Of course. I never even thought of that. But if you lost your glasses, then. Well, we were someplace and glasses broke. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, they couldn't. They had to have the prescription. So I carry them with me all the time. Um yeah, because I'd be useless without yeah. them. There's a, there's a thought, too. Some people believe this, too. If you are on medication, try to bring it in the original bottle. Absolutely. Because then at least if you, know, as, you need a refill. Yeah. never done that. Yeah, but especially if you're crossing a border, um, you know, it's not like I can just... If I'm crossing a border and my medication is something that's not labeled... Uh, border people could take that. Right. I, we don't know what that is. That may not be allowed here. I mean, more for like so, in case you needed more. You know, if something happened to your oh, trip and you only brought enough for your trip and you yeah. needed to get a refill. Everybody who takes yeah. medication, I, I am so bad at this, should have a card in their wallet that yes, tells them exactly. I what? have found recently not only you have to know what you take, how much of it, but what the dosage <laughs> yep. is. One of the things, though, I will say this: if you get your prescription in the United States, at least, if you get your prescriptions filled at a national brand. You can have them refilled at that local shop. Yeah. So there's like a CVS or a uh, yeah, they Walgreens. Have uh, there's a but I don't there's know. About very, no, there's yeah. very few places. I know. I I have two WalMarts in my city, where I the one has my prescriptions. I can't go to the other one to get them. That's because they got to put it on a horse. And, they and gotta, by the time they get it over there with the dog sled, <laughs> there's just no you. time. <laughs> I was in the hospital recently, and they came in it. Three o'clock in the morning, and they said, "Could you tell us what medications you take?" And I said, "Yeah, I can tell you." And I told them what medications I take, and they said, "Well, what are the dosages?" I said, "I don't know." Well, they said, "Isn't John at home?" I said, "Yes." Well, could you call him at three o'clock in the morning? I now have to wake him up and explain. And chances are he's going to have a heart attack because the phone (laughs) from the hospital is ringing at three o'clock in the morning. I would think it was what's wrong. So just it's preparation. You know, they tell you to keep a copy of a color copy of your passport in a different place than you keep your passport when you travel internationally. Keep your medication with that copy. Uh, A copy of what you take. Another thing that I would suggest from experience with my dad is that sometimes as folks age, it's easier for them to be confused. Mm -hmm. So once you take them out of their element, and I'm not talking about somebody with a a health condition that specifically affects memory, but even someone with regular memory, they become in a routine at home, and now you're taking them out of their environment and they can be confused. So you want to make sure that you are aware of that and sort of keep an eye on them for that, you know. Last thing you want to do is lose somebody in a theme park because they don't know where they are, where you're going to meet them, or they don't understand, you know, meet me by Dumbo. And it might not be the last thing you want to do, but it's the last thing you should do is lose somebody <laughs> in a theme park. <laughs> Just going to put that out there. Are you reading between those lines? Right. You may want to, but you shouldn't. Okay. <laughs> really, especially at the end of the day. Right. Like, like, oops, I, I just didn't know where you were. <laughs> so we went back to Canada. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's sad. Um, I think another important point, too, is um, uh, diet. <laughs> you know, when I'm going to talk about us. When we were younger, we would go anywhere and eat anything and be fine. And now it's like you eat something a little bit long. It's like, oh, uh, a little bit wrong. And it's like, uh, The older I get, the the bigger my um, over-the-counter medication bag that I take with me gets. <laughs> Brevacid and Nexium. Right, exactly. And, exactly. And, and now we have restrictions. 
pizza after 8 p.m.? Not going to Exactly. <laughs> what do you want for dinner? Well, what time is it? <laughs> so I think like with like you would do for younger kids with uh, older adults, you want to make sure that you're not going crazy. Right. You're not doing something that's so different from their regular diet that could mess them up. Because if you get into a situation where that affects them, it's sort of their internal medicine, then you run into completely different issues. I would also suggest that the timing of eating... Mm-hmm. If you're, uh, I'm. If you're traveling with a older person, chances are they've got a bit of a routine, and if their routine is eating at six thirty and now you're eating at nine thirty, it's going to change things. Mm-hmm. Or like us, when we eat at four. I know, isn't it? <laughs> How old are you? Right. <laughs> it is what it is. Um, what else? What else? What else can we think about? Oh, I want to just point out one more. I want to say one thing that I learned recently. Um, if you have someone who is on, uh, who has a, a life alert, one of those things that you press if you've fallen and you can't get up, there is now a company that makes it so that, what? That's what the commercial says. I've fallen and I can't get up. Oh my there gosh. could be other life emergencies where you need to use it, though, besides just you've fallen well, and you I'm can't get up. I'm picking the most. <laughs> Let's let him see where he's going with okay, this. There, there is now a company that sells one that will work out of the house. Because it used to be that you had to tie it to your phone system at right, home, right, right, right. and this is how the call got to the emergency services. There's now a company that makes them where they would work anywhere. So that's something you might want to look into if they're prone to falling or they have a medical condition and you want to make sure they have their mm-hmm. life alert. Look into this option. Something we had to do for my mom late in her life was we had to buy her a cell phone that she understood. Mm. Right. She didn't understand my cell phone. So we went out and we bought her a very simple cell phone. I don't even know if they still make it, but they it was do. called a jitterbug. Yeah, they do. And it was, you know, I won't go into the details of it, but it was very, very simple. And the numbers were the size of a dime. So it was easier for her to use. One and of the things that was really nice about that was um, you paid for a service that included an operator. Right. Mm. So let's say she couldn't remember who speed dial one was. She could just call the operator and say, connect me to Kevin. And the operator would put that through because you were in there. There was a list of who you had as your call contact, people, people so, contact. Yeah. So things to consider because, you you know, you're leaving home and you think, well, everyone's going to have an iPhone or everyone's going to be okay or I can go. Mm-hmm. You know, these are things to consider with someone who's uh, a little bit older and needs a little bit more Something assistance. else to consider is I, I, I talk about preparation. Who in this room right now would be able to survive and call anybody? Without their cell phone. Oh, absolutely not. Not. I couldn't even call my husband. That's bad. Because you just push a button. Because I push a button. He changed cell phones this year, and I couldn't even tell you what his number is. So I think having a list of emergency contacts with you is a good thing. Because I know if I lost my phone, I would be out of luck. Mm -hmm. Me too. I could call you. I, I could call your, you. I know your number by heart. So That's it. sorry, Chris. I couldn't call you. Exactly. <laughs> I hope you could call me and eventually you, look for me if I'm lost. <laughs> could you call me and then I'll call him? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> call I the Dreams 800 John, I number. I know John's number more than I know the toll-free number to Dreams. I, mean, it, it's, I know these are weird things, but these are things it's, that you It's have funny to until you said it. I never thought of it, but it's true. I could not even call Chris. So I carry I, – I've gone old school, and I found a little date book – and I find that I have all of my commitments and phone numbers and stuff in my phone. And I thought, if I ever lose that, my schedule's gone. My phone numbers are gone. So I've started carrying, I got it for, I think, $1.99 in Staples. But I carry it with me, and it has dates in it and numbers and things like that. I, I realize it's very old, but 
I think it's important when you're traveling with somebody who's a little bit older, too, to share the plans with them. You don't have to give them, okay, here's our hotel, and here's the confirmation number and things like that. But say, listen, we're going to Disney. We're staying at the Grand Floridian Resort. Right. That's the resort where we're staying. You know, This is our plan. We're, getting, we're flying this airline. I think it Something helps. Something I learned with my mom, that she stopped driving at a certain point in her life, and that she didn't have to pay attention anymore. So she would not know the details of where we were going or how to get there. And I don't mean that she had any mental incapacity. It was just that someone else was doing it. So if you don't have to make the plans or the logistics or the reservations, learning all of those details isn't as important. So sharing the details with but you still want them to be able – my point is you still want them to be able to say if for some something happened and they got separated, at least say, well, I know that my family's staying at the Grand Floridian Hotel. Right. Or we're flying Delta or something like that. Okay. All right. Any other tips we want to share? Don't be afraid to travel, but go prepared and communicate with your travel party. Yeah. I think that's a big one. I think don't be afraid to travel. I think there's always ways you can you know, be prepared for it and enjoy yourself. Because you can still enjoy Disney World without riding Space Mountain. Good point. All right. We will end it there. Thank you guys for helping me with that conversation. Thank you, everybody at home, for listening and watching. We hope you have a great week, and we hope you have a great vacation. <laughs>